Viewpoint. Alan, good to have you join me on Viewpoint. Let's talk about those numbers in URA's latest flash estimates for private residential property. In the final quarter of 2023, private home prices rose by 2.7%, faster than the figure of 0.8% in Q3. What do you make of this? Are we seeing more Singaporean buyers returning to the fall? Um, I doubt it's a case of a volume-driven uh, price increase. It's more driven by benchmark prices, record prices set by uh, two projects, namely Jaden and Walton House. Mm-hmm. And so Jaden, when they did it um, at an average price of uh, $2,450 per square foot, that's definitely a record for the Jurong East uh, area. And then for Walton House, the pricing is also a record for that particular subzone. So because of these two projects that broke records by miles, and at the same time in the resale market, they have been trying to play catch up with the new pricing. So we saw things like a low volume market, but record prices being set. And so we got that surprising, well, in a way surprising, in a way not so surprising, sharp bump up in the URA PPI for the fourth quarter. Okay. What do you think uh, the effect was of the ABSD curveball in April? The ABSD had impacted mostly foreign demand. That's pretty much down to uh, very low levels now. The luxury segment is only where you can see a greater participative rate by foreign buyers in the past prior to the ABSD. So, it has affected the core central region more than the rest of central region or the outside central regions. Um, having said that, most of the buyers, whether it's in the luxury segment or the mass or the mid-tier market, are Singaporeans, Singapore citizens. So the ABSD had uh, pretty much a minor impact on the overall demand. Still, I think domestic demand has been strong enough to keep things up. In the, It is only in the luxury segment where there had been more foreign participation, that we see prices uh, starting to uh, slow down, moderate, and in some instances, fall. Okay, let's talk more about condos. The faster growth in the fourth quarter was driven by price increases in the prime core areas, or like you said, the CCR core central region. I think it's at 4.2%, as well as the suburban areas or outside the central region at 4.6%. Is that in line with Seville's findings in your latest residential briefing? Well, our forecast for 2023 was that prices was going to go up like 7% year on year. The market was behind us by the third quarter in the sense that it only rose 4% year to date. So in the last quarter of 2023, that's where prices shot up. So we had thought that uh, at the start of the year, the 7% was achievable, taking into account all these new benchmarks in the Jurong and Wharton Estate locations that's likely to bump prices up by 7%. Mm-hmm. But along the way, I think you see volatility because you can't really time the launches. And so we thought that maybe the 2023 a year ends with a price increase of about 6%, but surprisingly, it came close to our 7%. <laughs> so in a way, I said, you know, surprisingly and also not surprisingly, but it was a good surprise for us. But I think the surprising thing was the core central region saw such a bump up in prices in the fourth quarter, rising by over 4%. That could be due to mainly the resale market trying to play catch up mm. with the new sale prices. And anyway... For the first three quarter of 2023, the core central region has been a laggard 
hasn't really moved much at all. In terms of uh, non-landed price levels, they're currently very high. But overall, do you think private home prices have more or less peaked? Well, we're saying it's taking a breather. Our forecast for 2024 is for prices to remain flat with uh, upside bias for certain projects, projects that have unique selling points and projects that are expected to launch in locations that have not seen any major launches uh, for many years. And that was exactly why prices rose so much in 2023, fourth quarter. Because mm. in the Jurong East and the Watton Estate area, there hadn't been any launches for many, many years. So, you know, the surrounding area basically recharged up its demand for new products. And when they launched it, you saw a uh, sudden outburst uh, discharge of demand into these two projects. And they are not big projects. So if we are not big projects, um, of course, the developers will have confidence pricing it at a premium. Compared with, say, projects that had uh, over a 1,000 units or 500 plus 600 units, developers are more cautious for those projects. You mentioned that uh, you're projecting that prices will remain flat. Do you think it will slow down? Uh, I'd say flat, but with uh, there's a not insignificant probability that <laughs> it may have a positive bias well, up to about 3% hmm. for 2024, year-on-year change. But for now, I'm keeping it at uh, at flat, uh, 0%. We have some projects launching at a slight discount to the previous launches. Then the other projects, the majority will be priced at levels comparable to the previous launches. Maybe one or two, maybe it's uh, perhaps in the Tampines area, we may see a premium and that may bias the URA PPI up. Speaking about 2024, what is your outlook for the residential sales market? Sales volume-wise, it could be uh, pretty lukewarm. You know, maybe same as what we saw in 2023, 6,000 plus 7,000 units sold. Launches this year, maybe 10,000 units, more than 2023. And then, uh, but the sales take-up would be averaging perhaps 30% on average for the year. That means 30% sold in the first weekend of launch. Not that it will accumulate to just 30%. By the end of 24, if you launch it, say, in January or February of this year. But for the first weekend of launch, I think on average, projects will do perhaps about, uh, if you have about 400 units, 500 units, that sort of sizes, you will probably do about 30 to 35%. If you have 1,000 units, you'll probably do about 20 to 25%. But if you have 1,000 units in a mixed development and integrated development, one that had uh, unique selling features, then perhaps you may hit up to 40%, even if you have a slight pricing premium to what's expected. What do you think are the projects that will perform better in terms of saleability? I believe projects that are relatively manageable in sizes, and by that I mean between 150 to 250, 300 units, those will be easier to sell. That's one. Number two, your projects that have unique selling features in the sense that it's an integrated development, it is a mixed development, all in one, and located in a region that had um, had seen a pretty strong demand for uh, some recent launches like executive condominiums, but relatively fewer private launches. So those areas may attract demand. So I'm probably looking at companies. Avenue 11, we are looking at also landed properties in a Luxus Hill estate, Freehold or 999. Those will attract demand 
And at the same time, I think you will also see some demand in uh, locations that are pretty niche in the sense that near schools and also you know, in, in an area that hadn't seen any major launches. Okay. Well- I'm going to touch on uh, interest rates. There's optimism that they will stabilise and possibly even fall. Do you think that's likely? And what are the implications for real estate in Singapore? So far, for 2023, interest rates has not really been a you know very negative drawback on uh, curbing demand. I think 2023 was a case where developers had relatively few launches, you know, something like 7,000 units launched. But in 2024, we have 10,000 units. So uh, in the past, demand had been more of a function of supply, meaning the more you launch, the more sales you get. That's for developers' new sales. But the feedback from the ground has not been a case of interest rates deterring buying because you know quite a few guys buy for investment purposes and the LTVs, the loan-to-value for second property or investment properties has been pretty much one that uh, it's uh, you know very low relatively low loan to value ratios and the other thing is even if buyers use their children's name to buy they have been more or less buying the mainly two unit apartments and so with parent support meaning the parents are probably the gen Xs mm-hmm. buying on behalf of the gen Zs they put out most of the equity leaving a relatively manageable loan-to-value ratio for the um, the children to support. And everything is because of the TDSR, interest rates hasn't really been a major drawback of factor curbing demand. Okay, we haven't got much time to go on, but uh, I want to just quickly touch on rentals as well. What is your outlook for the residential leasing market for 2024? We are forecasting that rents may fall by 5% island-wide. That's non-landed property rents, year-on-year change. And uh, that's driven mainly because of economic headwinds and also increasing supply from units that were completed uh, this last year and also this year. So so I think rents have inflected, have already inflected, I think, by third quarter of 2023. So we will see a greater decline this year. But we don't expect at this juncture that rents will head back to where it began mm. uh, before this torrid increase. All right, thank you very much, Alan, for sharing your insights and perspectives there. My pleasure. Great talking with you. Alan Chong, Executive Director, Research and Consultancy, Sevils, Singapore. Viewpoint.